0: I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, we speak with restaurant owner Elizabeth Rowe, owner of Urban Deli and Italian by Night, who teaches us about the impact of personal development. This lifelong learner imparts wisdom on life and business.
1: Well, Elaine, we have a loyal listener in house, so I'm excited to talk to her. It is pretty exciting to have somebody who has been listening to us from the beginning and is a big um, she shares, she's yes. totally engaged. Um, so in she's sharing. coming in
0: from listening and actually now going to participate. participate. So, so in studio, we have. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Rowe. <laughs> yeah. So, if you don't know Elizabeth, uh, she is a uh, local St. Johnner and she is a lifelong learner and owner of Urban Deli and Italian by Night. So, welcome, Elizabeth. Welcome. Thank you, ladies. This
1: is-
2: Thank you, both of you. I'm thrilled.
1: Well, we're thrilled that you dra- traveled all the way from across the bridge <laughs> on the west side to get out here to ride That is State. a big deal. Well, with all the construction right now, it is a bit of a, a jaunt to get here. Give yourself yeah. time. Give yourself time, time yeah. Yeah. everywhere.
0: So people drive safe. So we want to talk to you today about personal development. So Elaine has been telling me about how much you've invested in yourself and learning. I'm a, and I'm a
1: fan of Elizabeth's. Yeah. I'm like, if yeah. you, yeah. You're it's one really of my mentors. Well, you're one of my mentors. Like, you're somebody who I look at out in the business community who is really walking your talk. Thank you. Yeah.
0: You're yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, where does your journey of personal development begin? Were you, like, is it a teenager? Is it, have you always been interested in personal development?
2: Uh, great question. Uh, so, it started, uh, I guess. Let's finish high school. I'm done high school. And uh, when I grew up in Munton, New Brunswick, that was where I was born and raised. Uh, back then in the day, uh, you were going to work, you were going to high school and then you were going to go work for a company like Simpson Sears or CN or something like that for the rest of your life and live happily ever after. Uh, that didn't happen. And I. Um, As much as I was a mama's girl, I was expected to stay at home and be a mama's girl and never go anywhere. And as soon as I graduated, I had $300 in my pocket and uh, a girlfriend and myself, we uh, hitched a ride with an 18-wheeler friend of ours and we went down to Florida and that's where my education journey began is about seeing the world because I knew that there was a whole world outside that door and I didn't know how I was going to do it but I knew I would figure it out but an 18-wheeler took you there wow. an the 18-wheeler journey. started you, the journey okay, so you that's pretty brave, brave. yeah I was yeah. brave and it was uh very naive of us to do uh to do it <laughs> but at some back point then
1: it seemed like you know and back then was probably it was the early 80s it was hitchhiking yeah. was a little more so back then yeah girls you could hitchhike it fairly was. safely yes it yes was. and we uh have
2: part way through our journey of leaving uh, we went into this truck stop and this the truck driver that we were friends with he was chatting with this fellow and this fellow said hey listen why don't one of you girls come with me and I said I will and I got in a truck with every mother's nightmare (laughs) is
1: is taking a deep (laughs) breath right now (laughs) i
2: got in a truck with a stranger that I didn't know and we were driving and as soon as we got on the highway you couldn't hear the CB's going or and stuff and I had no communication all I knew is that we were going to Charlotte North Carolina and I had no communication and so we got there and the truck driver ended up dropping me off at a restaurant and then I end up talking to a stranger who gave me a lift to Charlotte, North Carolina and it was the most terrifying moment of my life. This is every mother's nightmare. And thought if I can get through this, um, I will never ever leave the person I'm traveling with again and I will make sure that safety is a priority. Oh good for you. And this was (laughs) just kind of like at a little house in the prairie, you can picture this. Well, this guy finds somehow CBS finds the, my truck driver friend, and we're at this. Um, the truck driver is unloading all his merchandise at this big warehouse in in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there I see my girlfriend. She's at one end of the parking lot. This guy's dropping me off at the other end of the parking lot. And it's kind of like if you pitch your little house in the prairie, we're running through the field in slow motion. Yes. And we're hugging each other and crying and saying that we'll never leave each other again. So there's another life lesson. And that was one that taught me. That stayed with me. Well, it still stays with me today about uh, being safe when you travel and uh, right. having have community- fun. Yet be safe. Right. And so, at 19 years old or 18 years old, shit. I was just a stupid ass. Right? right. I didn't. I, you know, I was all that in a bag of
1: chips. But, but you were brave. I, I would have been so scared. I would have been. Yeah, I wouldn't have went anywhere brave off my front porch. But and were I you always a- like that? Like, is it so before high school? No. So you. I was the shyest person. Oh, really? You
2: I would not talk to anybody. If you talked to me, my face would turn red if you asked me to repeat myself my voice mm. would get lower and so it was just so here I sit today which is a different Elizabeth and right
1: uh, well because the people you know you don't know right I would have never guessed that but to but to do that at the end of high school like to to go from I'm you know don't talk to me because I'm gonna turn red to I'm taking my three hundred dollars and I'm heading off into the world like what? what precipitated that decision it was about challenging myself and it was about uh, knowing that
2: there was a whole world out there mm. and we didn't have we were the curious. i was very <sighs> curious i wanted to learn about other people cuz from a sideline, I really enjoyed people, mm. and I enjoyed the interaction with people. I, I enjoyed observing people, and uh, just uh, which
1: makes you a great restaurateur. <laughs> you're you. in the
2: perfect industry because I, that I really, it. I mean, you're observing everything all the time. All the time, there's a lot of things moving. So we we traveled for about a year and a half, and I think I was down to my last. You know, I worked various strange jobs anywhere from ballroom dancing to um like work- teaching ballroom dancing <laughs> yeah, learning to teach ballroom dancing <laughs> to uh working as a waitress in a bowling alley you name it i, I did those jobs. so you got the school of life i did and uh it was a, it was a lot of fun and then my mother had said to me you know I, I don't you know i don't have the resources to get you out of trouble if you get into trouble right and so i took my last hundred and some dollars and i bought a bus ticket from Florida to Toronto. And I had one friend in Toronto and I called him up and he was a lifelong friend from Munton, And I said, I'm coming to Toronto and I'm going to live with you. And awesome. that's how my <laughs> five years in Toronto started. So fast forward working in different, I've worked in a restaurant, uh, restaurants and bars. I worked at my first office job and, uh, for a PR firm. And I learned a lot, and I loved it, and learned how to use computers, and it was a lot of fun. But I was making so much money in the industry of um, the hospitality industry that I quit my, my daytime job and went to, to work. To make more so money. The tips oh. and, all the tips it's so and the much people money. and the interaction, and everything was fast-paced, and you had to problem-solve on your feet, and it was uh, I quite enjoyed all that. You I
0: were learning when th- you didn't even realize you were learning ab- all the problem-solving and the people skills Absolutely. that you
2: have. So many transferable skills right. in, in that industry. And, um, so then I ended up moving to, um, Montreal for five years. I met a fellow in Toronto and that took me to Montreal for five years. Again, I worked in the bars because I wasn't French. And, um, so I worked on the West Island bartending and, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And that's where I fell in love with food. That's mm. where I get introduced to food through, um, fellow bartenders. So you weren't a foodie
1: as a kid, like you weren't home whipping up no, it was, it was a meat and potatoes.
2: There was five kids. Uh, oh, it was a
1: classic New Brunswick fair. It was. The 50 Salt pound bags of potatoes. <laughs> yes. overcooked, it, it, food. Right, overcooked food. Overcooked <laughs> food. Burnt everything. Oh, and God. Uh, you Our know, poor we, had, mothers. we
2: have five kids and, you know, a single parent. So it yeah. was, you, you did what you yes. did. So you didn't have a lot of exposure to anything other than, you know, some processed foods and and then your meat and potatoes. And uh, so in Montreal, the bartenders were off every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we would either cook dinner at somebody's house or we would go out to different restaurants and then listening to them talk about the food and um, their interaction with food and how important food was to them and uh, how it brought people together and the fun that you could have. And uh, so that's where I fell in love and that's where I got the deli idea, was going into Schwartz's Deli in Montreal. Smoked meat. Smoked meat. And I thought one day I'm going to have a deli. I had no money, but I said, one day I'm going to have a deli. So and how old were you at this point? Like I late have, 20s? So
0: I would have been late 20s. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So the, the, the little plantings of food and personal development were being seeded and waiting to be harvested a little further
1: down absolutely. the line. Absolutely. Like yeah. I didn't
2: know the how, but the what was there. And the passion. And
1: the passion was there. But yes. there's that following the breadcrumbs. That's that right. I talk about, right? I love about, that right? saying when you because say that. Because people, they look at the experience, they go, oh, that was you know that was silly or whatever. But it's never. It's mm-hmm. If you look back and you follow the bread comes backwards, everything that you've learned, you're using today. Absolutely. In some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. All, I say never invalidate yeah.
0: any experience. Because, right? it's, it's, because all yeah. it's all important. It's all important. Even yeah. if someone else tells you that it wasn't important or you're not doing something with your life or uh, it's all adding up to something. It really is. It is. I it's, believe it's, that. It's, 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 it's a foundation that you step on and and the next one, and and I think Steve Jobs said it best, is that you can't connect the dots going forward, but you can always connect them looking backwards. Absolutely. You go, oh, that led to this, and that led to that. It makes sense looking backwards, but in the moment, yeah. you're like, where is it all going?
2: Everything's for a reason, and every time I open a door to a place or a new place and I'm walking in, I'm going, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason Even why I'm there. Even while you're there, you mean, yeah. Even while I'm there, there's Even a reason. Even if it isn't
1: maybe the experience you chose. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they aren't, right? They're things that come into our world For other reasons but but it has something there's and you have to be open to that you have to know
2: that there's a greater reason why you're doing something or how why you've met somebody why you help somebody through a a struggle or a success story or something Mm -hmm. to either lift them up or change their life Mm -hmm. or do something so I'm a real believer in that and so my journey from Montreal after about five years there and I love the culture and I love Montreal and the food scene and the people that I that I had the opportunity to meet and then I moved to uh, Alberta Met a new fellow. And uh, those fellows will drag you all <laughs> over the place. My goodness.
1: Boys. So, <laughs> those boys.
2: So I moved to uh, Edmonton, Alberta, and I ended up uh, living there for about 16 years. Oh, and wow. Oh, so you stayed a while. I stayed a while. And I loved Alberta. I really did. And I loved Edmonton. I think it reminded me a lot of uh, New Brunswick, and, oh. and especially Montem where I grew up and uh, so I again I worked in the bars and the restaurants and met people and met some really smart people and people who had also had dreams Uh, I remember working at uh, one bar in Edmonton and my manager said Liz when I'm 30 I'm gonna be a millionaire Mm -hmm. well it took him till he was 33 and he he's a million good for him and he and his brother and some fellows they started a hot tub spa company Mm -hmm. and they've grown to different you know expanded that have left a couple of them have left gone back and they've just real entrepreneurs all the time and they're exciting to be around because they're always learning you're always Mm -hmm. learning from them Mm -hmm. and so at about I think one of my customers at the bar he worked for Goodyear Canada and I said to him one night he was there having a drink I said if you're ever looking for somebody to answer the phones or do something different I said I'd really like to maybe have a change. I think I'd like. You're to, ready for. I'm something. ready for something mm-hmm. yeah. else. And he said, "Sure, meet me at 8:30 tomorrow morning." And my eyes were as oh, God. There's, big as there's sunlight. a manifestation of our. <laughs> and I'm like, "Who gets up at 8:30 in the morning, right? Oh my goodness, right? You're <laughs> used to working the nightlife with bars <laughs> yes, Absolutely absolutely. And you know, our we were winding it down at four or five yeah. in the morning, yeah. right? And you got to remember, I was quite young at the time, and just you had lots of energy, lots of energy. <laughs> And so I did. I, I met him at 8.30 in the morning, and he gave me my first opportunity back into the corporate world. So, albeit it was a tire store, uh, I would go around to a couple different stores, and I would do their paperwork and filing and answer the phones and just kind So lots of, of variety. A lot of variety. Yeah. And then after a while, I got pretty curious about, um, you know, how come when that customer walks in the door and he's driving a Taurus, a Ford Taurus, that you know that there's 197, 195, 70, 14s that are going on that on that car those tires right how do you know that that's what goes on that vehicle and what does that mean those numbers and stuff so my curiosity I think got on their nerves it runs deep it did and I wanted I wanted to be the person selling the tires I didn't want to be the girl behind the desk anymore and so they started to send me on some product knowledge courses and then eventually I end up uh, uh, at the end of it uh, fast forward a few years I end up managing my own store
1: Oh, so wow. I
2: don't know the mechanics of a vehicle but I had staff that knew the mechanics of a vehicle so I you was empowered
1: s- the people around you to do what they do best absolutely wow. and to cover my ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. but uh,
2: I think at the end of the day what I I could sell and I knew customer service and so those were two of my strengths that I've always had because I had to rely on them for survival and no matter what right. I did I had to sell myself I had to sell my experience you know, my first job, if I backed up, my first job in Toronto, they said, "Do you bartend?" and I said, "Yes," and I'd never bartended. But they didn't need to know I never so bartended. So also a good liar. <laughs>
1: Bella, you're just stretching the truth a little. A little.
2: But, you know, those were the things that you that you did because yeah. you had to survive. survive. I was the only person looking after me. It was my paycheck yeah. that had to pay for things, right? right. And uh, my first office job was 200 and some dollars a week in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the day, right?
1: So that doesn't go a long no, way when doesn't. you start no. to think about You have to feed yourself. I hope yeah. my, uh, some teenagers are listening to <laughs> this, right? I mean, really, because that is a work ethic that... You get yourself, like you pay your bills, you you do this right. on your own. And you have to survive. You have to well, survive. Well, I find it so interesting that... It- you know, you see this
0: having to survive that you realize you learned to sell like that. It's such a valuable skill Absolutely. to know how to sell. It is. Yeah,
2: it really is. And it's all about, you know, the feature and benefits. And I didn't lie to the customers. Right. On the contrary. What happened, I think my my manager at the time in the automotive industry, when I worked for Goodyear, he had this vision that there should be a woman in every store. Um, because, Bravo because well, because it's not only just men with vehicles yes, and stuff. So right. we end up bringing in a car care clinic for women, and just you know, coming in one night and going around and showing them where all the fluids go. You How know, talk about really? CV boots. You know, when you hear that knocking when you're turning yes. your wheel, that you hear that little knocking sound, where well, your CV boot might have cracked open. There's contamination in there. Look How to you. check your tire pressure. <laughs> you know, and importantly, where all the fluids go yeah. and that. So I learned a lot, and I worked in that business for about five years, and then Goodyear decided to sell that they wanted to go back to their core business which was tires and to get out of the mechanical part of the business so they end up selling to a company in uh, alberta that was pretty much male dominated and so they called me in right away and they said you know we feel like you've been pushed up the ranks a little too fast and we really want to basically demote me is what what they wanted to do and i just stood up and Said, you know, it's wrong. I know it's wrong. And I walked out and wow. I, I Bravo, left it, sister. And that was how that conversation ended. So they they let me be for a while. But what they did is they took me from one of the busiest stores in the city that I was managing to one of the, the less busier stores in the city because they wanted to create an opportunity for a fellow from Goodyear to come in and, and run that store. So it was... And well, the key word here is fellow? Fellow. Yes, yes. it was. And so yeah. we got to call it what, it what it was, but that's just... Yes. That was our But and that was evident to you at the time. Oh, clear. Yeah. It, clear, clear, clear. And uh, so I was working away at the other store, and then they came in again. They asked me to meet them at head office, and I went in, and they said, you know, we're here's your letter, here's your severance, good luck with everything. And so I didn't let that lie. I, I contacted uh, the Human Rights Commission, and a lawyer, a labor lawyer, and uh, to make it a long story short, we end up um, settling out of court, and then we ended up, uh, they had to take some training, some sensitivity training and stuff, which was like, yeah. you know, oh well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But that money that they that I ended up uh, getting, I, it afforded me to go to school. So I decided mm. to take that money and go to school, and I just bought my first house. It was $64,000, and I paid for it on my credit card my down payment and I used I had I think about 3,000 or 2,000 in RSPs from working with Goodyear and I took that money and I bought my first home and I moved myself in and I was I remember my first night with really not a lot of furniture just giggling <laughs> like a schoolgirl <laughs> going yeah yes. I got my own house yeah. right
1: you own I this think by my, with yourself like with, you by, did that by myself how did you, you know to resources. Take that
0: money and invest in yourself versus going yahoo and blow it on a
2: vacation it was time and I again I um, had smart friends and one of them was a real estate agent and she just said here's a here's a great house in this community that's up and coming and uh, it would be perfect for you so she just she kind of drug me by the nose and said this is what you need to do and meanwhile my girlfriend of five doors down had taken her um, her tuition uh, her tuition for school the money that she received the funding and put a down payment on her home and mm-hmm. thought she would figure the rest out as well. So I was <laughs> surrounded by risk takers right. and people who said, it'll
1: work out. So you're right. the five people, you're right? You're the accumulation of the five people you hang around That's with. That's right. Yeah. And, yes. they, and they
2: were wonderful. So I, um, oh. I decided to go to school and I thought, how the heck am I going to do that? And how old were you at this point? I was um, close to 33 at this point. 33,
1: and you're going back to school. Yeah. Mm.
2: And it was in Alberta. It was the time that the Klein government was in, and they were doing the right-sizing, the downsizing. So a lot of people get displaced out of their jobs, and a lot of them, part of their package that they end up going to school for for re-educating and reintegrating back into the workforce. So the average age at the school was pretty
1: much where I was. And I love the divine timing and all it really, it really was and situations. Wow. I ended up
2: taking an accelerated program, a two year program in one year. And my f- second day of school, I remember it clearly. I had fought six books in my hand and I was going to my locker and I just felt disorganized. I felt for the first time in my life, I had no organizational skills. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't feeling safe and secure. I was outside of my realm. I'd never really read a book. Okay. I'd read magazines some short stories in magazines, readers' digest and stuff, but I'd never really sat down and read books, books. and business books and whatever else. So the vocabulary and the words, mm-hmm. and you can understand I'm taking managerial uh, accounting, uh, managerial finance, uh, bookkeeping. I'm taking, you know, HR, organizational behavior, like all these courses that I really... Didn't know about but I could see everything that transferred to my to the world that I was in from the world I was in Mm -hmm. and I could relate to those those, some of those things were tangible some of those words and phrases and and words were all tangible to the world that I had come from but I just had to learn to apply them to a new world Mm. and uh, so you have a lot of self-awareness. For someone who felt like,
0: you know, at that time you are just starting that journey of acquiring courses, for you to have that knowledge and to go, okay, I need to, I need to read books other than People Magazine. Right. <laughs> right. To get that knowledge yep. that you needed. Yeah. You know, it feels like there's a spark and a drive in you. Where does that come
2: from? I think I'm constantly daring myself.
0: Well, is, is how, like. Why would you do that?
2: Uh, <laughs> I get it, but for, like
0: there is a reason
2: that everything you like is that for, adventure. Yes, it, it, I love the adventure. I love the learning. I love the moment where you complete something, and um, I love the, um, the I love the lifelong learning. I, mm. I like what your takeaways yes. from that, right? Yeah. And if I'm not going to do it, who's going to do it? And I, you know, I always think it's me looking out for me and taking care of myself. Right. How do I want? It's all for a better tomorrow mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So. Albeit I started late in life because I had this misguided youth in the bar business and traveling and, and doing some Which things. Which was nece- a
1: necessary part of your journey. I think it yes. really was. Right, yeah. And
2: uh, so I I couldn't encourage people more to at least yeah. learn something and, <laughs> yeah. and take a course in something. And uh, when I was at, in what was Grant McEwan University is what it's named now, um, I surrounded myself with some of the smartest people in the class. And again, they were older learners, some of them, and we had some younger learners with us as well and we would divide and conquer on our courses so mm-hmm. it's like okay two of you go take on this marketing project two of you go take on this finance project and two you know one of us will go do here
1: and were you managing all that were you there the were one some that-
2: roles that i took the <laughs> yeah. the leadership role but the important thing that i learned a long time ago was to let other people take the lead mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. see where they're at and with a little bit of guidance because it's important to put others in the um in the light Mm-hmm. And let them shine because I already know what my capabilities are, right? right. Yes. And, uh, so
1: so any- you're a real strengths um, in th- like you 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 see people's strengths or you want them to see their strengths Absolutely. and you're lifting them up to that where Absolutely. some people might not be aware of their strengths.
2: I like people who are strong. Um, I've always admired some of my bosses when I worked at Telus. I worked for a lady. She was um, the director. And res services where I was where I started anyhow and she was firm but fair and when she mm. called you in the office it was like bang 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 and you had the conversation and she gave you enough rope to hang or succeed right and I love that 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 management style mm. and then when I moved over to the advertising side of um, TELUS I again I had a strong uh, leader as a as a boss and uh, again she would just point you in the right direction give you enough rope to hang or succeed and away you go and so you had some good leadership examples. Really good re- leadership examples. So when school was done after the year, um, I had to hire a tutor because I didn't know algebra. I didn't even know what the hell algebra. What's the, what is the <laughs> use of algebra? Like, seriously. And but you had to take it. But you had, you had to, to take it. it. <laughs> and we had uh, one of our financial math teachers, she she allowed us to take a cheat sheet in the class, and it was an eight and a half by 11. And I had this <laughs> six, six t- font, t- 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 double-sided <laughs> for formulas and stuff. And at the end of the day, I think, you know my my GPA and everything I was you know at one of the top one of the tops in the class right not the highest but I I I really I really did well and I was proud of myself but during that time uh, at university I didn't like some of the styles of some of the facilitators so I thought you're not teaching to the learners that are in the class we are 33 year old people you have kids that are 19 in the background gigging and laughing I can't hear what you're saying and uh, I really wish they'd stop talking or you would make them stop talking because I paid some really good money to be here so it's different when the money's out of your own gene versus you know somebody else that's paying for it I don't think most times the value is there for some people and um, so uh, what was my thought the facilitator so right. you were so calling the them out I was I did I called out a, uh, one of them in particular where we we kind of had this coup in the class and the uh, uh, <laughs> and wrote a letter and just it was kind of a bait and switches this way you're gonna learn then we had the exam and it was completely off whatever and oh dear you know I think one or two people passed and so it's just like this isn't right let's just do a redo or you know um, you you have to do the bell curve on you have to do something here and uh, it all got adjusted and worked out for everybody and in the favor of everybody. And uh, I think as an end result of that, the university had their teachers take adult facilitation mm. and learn about teaching curriculum to like adults, that. right? Because it's different. It is different. Yeah. And there's different learning styles. And my learning style is uh, I'm more visual. I can, I can yeah. learn from reading, but I am, I am a visual and um thank goodness i had a couple teachers that knew that and so when they were explaining things they talked about things in a world that i could relate to so my um one of my financial math teachers used to talk about tires or the automotive business or <laughs> oh, something. And then, That's oh, a good teacher. And, like, yeah. and he really was. So he used Relate to bring that. that in for some examples for that moment for me to go, oh, I get it. Yeah, oh, I now I get it. And it's like, he's like, thank God she gets it, right? Because I was really holding things up. But I had to understand. They wanted you yeah. to succeed. They, really they saw
1: how enthusiastic you were and how much you had into it. Yeah.
2: And, mm-hmm. and... You know, it didn't matter if I made a fool of myself, if I failed, I just picked it back up and I, you know, I persevered. And at the very end of it, we had um, people from the corporate world that came and spoke to the class. And you had to attend so many classes and that was part of you graduating. And we had this lady, this powerful lady, her name was Ingrid. And she was pretty high up in TELUS and she came to speak to the class. And I remember putting up my hand saying, you know, I've applied at TELUS before, even to be an operator, and I've, you know, don't even get shortlisted. I think it's everybody's hiring everybody's cousin or aunt or something else like this, right? There's no filter, right? (laughs) And so after class, oh, I went up after class and I said, oh, I really like your suit. And she goes, oh, it's a St. John. And I said, St. John, Newfoundland or St. John, New
1: Brunswick? (laughs) And there's a designer named John, <laughs> apparently, right? And but the universe put those words in your mouth. <laughs> and it
2: came out, and I was like, as sure as anything, it was one of those two provinces, right? And uh, she, you know, kindly and respectfully <laughs> educated me on that moment. And I walked away shaking my head and like, oh, Jesus. And uh, so I got a call. From, I got home, and no sooner did I get home, my phone rang. It was my instructor from school, and she said... Um, Ingrid from Talis would like you to send her your resume and tell her what it exactly is that you want to do in the company. What? Oh, wow. okay. Vice so, president, does, you, know, you know how to get heard in a uh, room, right? That's higher than that's higher than the not so smart one and, from the Maritimes. Uh, oh my goodness! But so, I think she must have
0: seen in you this desire because I can feel it connect, from right? you to to learn and invest. It's like right. you're you're asking the questions, you're challenging the facilitators. You're like, how come you're hiring the cousin, the aunt, the da, da da da? Why aren't we getting a shot, right? right? And they're hearing you, right, right?
1: And, because yeah. you're saying it in a way that's nice, yes. right? You're not.
2: But you it know, feels like you're,
1: earnest, like you're you know, literally curious. I am. Well,
2: how come? Right. How come people like myself, who has great experience beforehand, right, in customer service, all yeah. my years in the hospitality industry and working for Goodyear and all these other things, that why, how come, right? Right. And uh, so yes they end up hiring me doing a pilot project <laughs> and then they hired me full-time and uh, then I moved over to the advertising arm and I got a promotion and transfer to Calgary with TELUS which was super fantastic for me and the scary part was moving to another city when I had lived in you know made roots in uh, st. John the company paid for my transfer they I was taking courses through my whole time being with them uh, it was a unionized environment, and I used to say to people, Why aren't you taking classes? Like, I was at university, um, taking continuing with my in Calgary, uh, like you
1: were continuing with your my education. adult education, yeah.
2: and then I started to do uh, project management at Mount Royal College. Um, I didn't finish my last paper, but basically, I, I did all the courses, I thoroughly loved it. Um, anything that I could learn. I've done a harmonica class. I've done a sign language class. I've, uh, you know, just anything that would spark and say, oh, I wonder what that would be like. You're insatiable. I would just go and, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to have that experience. And, uh, it, well, you're so curious. I I'm mean, that, that's curious. what it is. I mean, you know, I would
0: say if you lead with curiosity, it, it'll always pave the way. Yes. Like you, you can't go wrong. It's like a, you know, a, a hound. Like one of those they follow their scent. Like right. they, they just kind of go off in yeah. to all sorts of directions.
1: And, and I what,
2: do i am a squirrel that way (laughs) trust me but (laughs) you can all get here's the good
1: thing though elizabeth from what you're saying is you're a finisher Mm -hmm. because there's there's the squirrely thing and then you're off to the new thing right because i can be a bit squirrely myself but it's the finishing and that is so important you finish the education you finish the course you finish this yeah before you went on to the next thing, yeah,
0: but yeah. You, it's so cliche, you know. It's not the destination; it's the journey. It really and is. And I think the uh, learning and the education is, is is that continuous journey. You know, I would tell people you never really arrive. You think you get there, and then, especially if you're curious, you already have the it's next like, goal. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh, I do. <laughs> right, I'm I the do. same way. It's yes. like, what's next? It's yep. like, and and I almost get anxious or overwhelmed because I have so many ideas I can't possibly execute. That's what all the of parking them. lot is for.
1: <laughs> well you put the stuff in the parking lot but and then you, you have to execute
0: one at a time right Or bundle it and see if bundle. there's some like things <laughs> yes. there for you yes. to
2: go after because I am exactly like that there's so many things I want to learn and as I get older <laughs> I'm almost angst that I haven't yeah. done enough fast enough because as, time is, as ticking. time is ticking yes it's like oh my goodness like I just have to breathe but I want to there's so much to learn and learn from others but learn so through true. formal education as well well I had a
0: neighbor who was he was 80 he's passed away now but I remember having that Conversation with him one day on the side uh, lawn, and he was like, I wished uh, I could have more time to read. Like, he loved to read, and he was telling me about the tobacco industry that he was learning about, yeah. and just you know, the history of things. He was like, It's just you, not enough time to get in all of the things that you want to learn. Yeah, so it's um, it's fascinating. Uh, where learning takes you um, yeah. It's and, amazing. yeah and that's why this podcasting journey has been amazing i know i've really gotten into it from the listening standpoint it's one of the ways that i consume information because i can do it while i'm in the shower while i'm baking there's <laughs> there's <laughs> learning going on in the background yeah, when you're <laughs> driving in the
2: car when right? i'm driving yeah. in the car
0: and that's how i consume and it's i'm insatiable as well it's uh,
2: and i can tell by listening to your podcast and just the the various people that you're interviewing. It's just such a broad spectrum. It's yeah. wonderful. And you can't, you can't help but learn from all these people. Well, there's, you would never get that education, what you can learn from others. And that's oh why I gosh. tell people, yeah. don't be crazy and don't be threatened by those who are smarter than us or have more formal education, formal education yeah. that they can make us look really good. And I used to do that when I worked for TELUS. I had two ladies that were had their um, teaching degrees. And they were working for TELUS. It was a unionized environment, paid well, all kinds of great things. And then I hired one of their cousins, speaking of, (laughs) I hired one (laughs) of their cousins who had their PhD in something, but she wanted a break for the summer. I put them on a project and we did a team building uh, with with my team with 25 people. And I should back up because when I went to go manage this team, I had heard that two of the ladies had applied for my job. That were so, on the team. That were on the oh, team. So you can imagine moving from Edmonton to Calgary yes. down the road, and then going in your first day and knowing the two <laughs> who the two people are, and that they've applied for your job and they've been with the company for twenty years. And you, and
1: they are now your your employee, my team members, your team yeah. members. So. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And that always goes well.
2: <laughs> well, it was really. I thought, how am I going to handle this? And so what I did is I learned a little bit about each one of them before uh-huh. I went in, Smart girl. and I got there early, and I went over to each other desk, and I just chatted with them introduced myself I found a common denominator like one of them rode a motorbike I rode a motorbike you know this one loved food or something and this one worked for the company for a long time and I said it, I could you know draw on her skill set and uh, you know I'm so lucky that she's still a part of this team and so we worked in a unionized environment but you wouldn't know it was unionized the way things mm. ended at the end we just we laughed a lot we had fun people worked overtime and didn't care that it was over time, they just put in the time, and it was really well, okay, That says a lot about
0: you. you as your le- uh, your leadership skills that you developed, and I'm wondering if all those great leaders that you talked about, the women that gave you enough rope to Absolutely. to hang or succeed, were you modeling behavior? I think like, so. Where did you I, know you, to do that? I,
2: I think so, I think it was about allowing people to grow and develop on their own, and, and to be able to contribute, because we all have this paradigm about corporate and the suppression, and how the glass wow. ceilings, and there's yes. all kinds of things going on. And, you know, one of the important things was to do a team building. So I called on three of the girls and I said, I'm going to give you time off the phone. We're going to do a team building dinner. And uh, I want you to come to me with a plan. Here's your budget. Here's this. This is the time frame, blah, blah, blah. And they end up coming to me um, with their plan. So what they did, they decide we're going to do it at one of the staff members, uh, one of the t- team members houses. They did a layout of the kitchen. They had the different teams. So we were doing appetizers, mains, and dessert. One person was in charge of uh, buying the alcohol and setting up the table and making it really nice. The other one was creating the, um, not the games, but the um, the exercises that we could do. So it was about trust, communication, and teamwork. And so what we did is we end up blindfolding one team member and you had to give them directions to get to an object across the living room, dining room, and pick up that object without banging into things. So it was really about communication part of it. And then the other one was um, you had a guy somebody sitting at the table and the person behind them was blindfolded and they were sitting there and you had to feed them spaghetti or something all right fun. so <laughs> the sauce was all over so their it face was fun. It, it was, was fun laughing. and we laughed and i thought this is great i'm going to be home by you know 9 30 10 o'clock to watch sex in the city my favorite show <laughs> and this will be over i didn't get home till two in the morning oh wow we had so, so much fun. fun with this team and it was we did what they called a team building um through dinner or something to this effect. And they just did a phenomenal job. And you know what, it was fun for everybody. I didn't do it, I just set the perimeters and I let their imaginations go. And this happened a few times with this team. And we did a team building with the exact same team. And we ended up renting a a van and we went up to uh, Banff and we did a little bit of mountain climbing, did, you know, switchbacks and stuff one of the girls she used to have seizures and uh, when she had them uh, I would just run over and just hold her on the floor and just until she came out of it and make sure that her energy and stuff was there and if not then you know she would go down and have a nap or she would go home or something and then I had another lady that had asthma really bad and that so what ended up happening the girl that had seizures were at the top of the switchback she has a seizure rolls down the switchbacks everybody's running down after her They come together, she broke her collarbone. One of the ladies has an asthma attack and it just went on and on and on. But the whole team came together and everybody got the medical care that they needed and stuff. And the next day I go into the office, My, my boss comes to me and says, what the hell <laughs> did you do right and i'm like it was really a good team building exercise right wasn't planned but the way that everybody came together and they talked about it and they still laughed about it the next day and just oh all the gosh. support that everybody gave everybody that team was so cohesive and tight it was just incredible i thoroughly we may have it. some leaders listening
1: that might steal that idea because that why, a, what a terrific
0: yeah. idea especially if they're foodies yeah uh, or you know what a fun experience and and to get to get team. out in
1: nature yeah um so your background in food and beverage, like back in, in your bartender days mm-hmm. and, and working, do you think that that has a part to play in how you read people? Because it's, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like you can get into sort of the head of people or to figure out what their, you know, their likes and dislikes, almost like their love languages. Like, right. Is that where that came from?
2: It really is. And it's about listening too, listening and observing. Uh, you learn mm. more I think from listening I, I find that with uh, a lot of people you can just go up and ask a question or two and then they'll go the floodgates open and it's about asking them questions about themselves right. and, and most of the time it is a it is a true curiosity I really yes. do want to know so when I say how was your day I really do want to know yeah, how your It's day not was. just a polite <laughs> it's not just a polite thing and if you want to chat then I'll chat right, right. So you're building
0: uh, connection constantly, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And um, there's sometimes at work, we're so busy that I don't really see anybody. Sometimes it's just, you're going. You put your head down. To, you yeah. put your head down, right? But reading the table, and we talk about that often at our staff meetings with mm. our staff, is to be able to read the table and who is the leader at the table and who is the boss at the table and how do you cater to that person? Oh, while making like when he lanes in the restaurant.
1: <laughs> my husband always... gets a lot of attention. She <laughs> does. Yeah. And my husband, he's funny because he just sits back yeah. and, and they, know to cater to me and I yes. and that's what I love is yeah. going into a restaurant there's my ego popping out in my personality but I love when I go into a restaurant to feel like I'm really being taken care you of. Are, yeah. And
0: well, special. Elizabeth does a good job at <laughs> she it does because oh me, when she comes over to the table and my husband's like who's that I'm like oh it's the owner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, we, we try to do that often, especially in the restaurant, like Michelle will come out of the kitchen yes. often and yeah. try to go out and say hi to people if she can. I love and, that too. And yeah. And yeah. And people love it when the chef comes oh, over to the
0: yes. table. Oh yes. A hundred percent. And
1: it, it makes people feel special. Yeah. So you're
2: definitely
0: but on But that's
1: that, that extra, the, 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 they're the tiny things, and yes, it takes time for you to come over or Michelle to come over, but it is the extras that, that makes your restaurant what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. And to me, that's pure leadership. Yeah.
2: And, and people, other people, they're always, people are watching you because there's, you know, a few times I've had somebody, a customer call me over and they say, you must be the owner. And I say, well, I'm one of them or uh, yes, depending on where it was at the time. And I'll say yes. And they'll I'll say, how did you know? And they said, because only an owner would bend over and pick up that piece of paper that was on the floor. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all about people are watching you, even though you don't think they're watching if they're engaged. But many times, I think two weeks ago, a fellow called me over to the table and he was quite an elderly gentleman. And he said, you like what you do. And I said, I love what I do. He goes, I can tell you've been smiling all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it's not, all, I'm not always smiling all night. But, but most uh, times you're smiling, but, I think, uh, when I see you. But for him to observe it, because yes. obviously he has some sort of connection either in the industry or people. He's he's, he's
0: curious like you. Yes, he's yes. curious. You found a fellow curious yeah, I curious yeah. person. I did. That's <laughs> true. And if you're like that, you're an observer, right? I, yeah. You know, I know I'm, I'm always fascinated by people's interactions And reactions, you know, like how do some people respond to a difficult situation or, you know what what spins somebody out of control or makes another person happy Absolutely yeah because i think it's it's those just, triggers
2: oh. are very interesting those dynamics And in and in the hospitality industry yeah. my gosh and we learn so about triggers too with people and sometimes i mean that goes to the second part of my learning and education is going into conflict resolution or third party neutral I'm start i have a, a big interest in <laughs> and want to learn a lot about that so to date, I've taken um, the certificate program that was at UMB. So it's called uh, Third Party Neutral. and It's all about conflict resolution. Okay. It's about 160 hours of training. And uh, then I took a, a, a deep root of conflict in Ottawa a few months ago. And that was wonderful learnings. And the lady was from, I think, Thunder Bay or someplace like that. And she works with a, um, a lot of the... Um, aboriginals the native groups and um, to learn from her was just fantastic and it really is about peeling back the onion and going after that deep root of conflict mm-hmm. that's just festering in organizations and sometimes when people have that little tete to tete, they go oh no we're fine but you're not fine yeah right stop saying and, I'm fine right, right? right. you're you, fine you just yeah. put it on the back burner and it's simmering absolutely because now you're looking for no matter what that other person does it's going to be heightened in a different mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and it's going to bother you even more so it really is you know at times when we have conflict it's important to listen to both those sides and bring those parties together and making sure that we're all okay because we need this cohesive work environment because we're too busy yeah. and it's supposed to be fun and entertaining and you have to be respectful with one another mm. while you're at work and um, if there's some underlining issues that you're not dealing with and many times it's the tornado effect right that people mm. want people on their team yes so oh. you go and you you know it's kind Empire of like building. i would go rally up you know i would go dana i'd like hey dana you know that elaine right and blah yes. blah, blah remember when elaine did this last year so now everything is heightened right yes. and it gets it gets a little crazy and, and even a simpler example of that when I did work for TELUS and worked in the advertising arm. Let's say I was just going for a bank loan at the bank all of a sudden, the person at TD Bank or whatever bank I was dealing with would be across the table telling me about all their woes with yes. all of TELUS. <laughs> what? And I'm like, what do those have to do with it? So these are this person's all underlining issues and now they find they yes. just want to explode on you. And, right? and
0: don't you find they're just always at the surface? Like, yeah. it doesn't take much to scratch it. And they, they're dying to tell <laughs> it's you. It's like a it. wound that's very, Absolutely. it's very
2: And even very something as simple in our industry as somebody, you know, maybe they didn't have a good dining experience and it was just maybe their their one dish wasn't hot enough for something or maybe that was flavorless or they didn't like it or maybe the service wasn't quite right and Mm -hmm. they were they weren't happy with it by the time you get the note or the conversation with it everything was bad yeah and so it was like oh all 10 of us didn't paint it with the same brush all painted (laughs) with the same brush so it really is important sometimes to kind of pull back the weeds and say, okay, what really is the root of this? Right. What is this person really saying to me? Right. And I'd say 90% of the time I handle it. Well, 5% of the time I handle it. Okay. And then there's about 2% of the time. I don't handle it well at all because I've, I've gotten in the boat and we always say right. that in conflict oh, resolution, God. don't get in the boat because don't it's not yours. The boat. Yes. right? Oh. Right. You don't own it. So as you're supposed to be neutral right. in this, right. And sometimes it's hard, not, it's hard to be neutral when they're talking about something personal that you've built and and that you've worked hard at and and how one comment on whether it's TripAdvisor or something else is very hurtful and harmful to your business. And, you know, for most of them, I say, go start a business and rely on people like me and you and everybody else to help your business. And when somebody kind of, you know we know it's okay to call your baby ugly, right? On TripAdvisor, I learned this from TripAdvisor. It's like, don't get caught in the weeds and don't that. take it personal. And it was a great uh, half day session with the TripAdvisor did here. And the fellow said, it's okay if people call your baby ugly,
1: right? Because people know crazy, right? right. So yeah. all you have so to you do, do is right, read so you're reading their you're comment re- and then you go to read their last 10 comments. right. It, Absolutely.
2: So, or you read theirs and then you read everybody else's who's great yeah. and it doesn't match. There's a yes. disconnect there. Yeah. So there's something. So again, it's something different, but we always have to say, you have there, to listen to that. Right. Yes. But is there truly something that this person does have a valid point, but yes. they're just so not can, expressing mm, it the mm. way that they need to right. express it? Because sometimes people just can't articulate that's it. That's right. And that's okay. Yeah. And we, we always try to look for something and if it's right off the wall, we just don't answer sometimes, right? We right. just leave it be. It's because speechless. Some, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Don't entertain the ent- internet
1: trolls. Yeah. So one of my guilty pleasures right now is watching this reality show about cruise ships. Like the uh, small cruise ships okay. where they have like the private captain and that. You would love this show. Because what's happening is, and it's all about the food. Everybody complains the food isn't hot enough when it gets out there. And I'm watching this. I'm watching the people that work there. And I'm watching the passengers. And I'm seeing what's going on. And it's exactly... <laughs> So it's you describing what's going on at your work. And I'm thinking these people could use you (laughs) like they could use you on. But it's really interesting to watch this this whole interaction and see. Right. Because they're all jumping in the boat. They are. And it really is important just as they're actually literally in a boat and then they're jumping in the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're they're jumping in somebody's boat. boat. Yeah. No,
2: It it really is important. And it's important that we um, that we arm our staff. With those awarenesses and those things that could go wrong, so that we don't take it personal. So, um, we often say that don't take it personal, let it go, right? Let it go. Mm -hmm. It's not, you can't take it personal. When I used to deal with um, uh, a lot of conflict uh, when I worked with Telus, so when I, my last promotion with them, uh, it was client relations, so I would deal with irate customers and so it really is about managing expectations right off the hop and then dealing with what the problem is and uh, making sure that person is heard right they want to yes. they want to be heard
0: and i think that speaks to your leadership ability again be, to be able to deconstruct those kinds of situations and you can't do that without trust you have to trust so one of the you know you, as you're saying that some of the your team building events that you've had in the past and the and all that's coming to play all that de- personal development is coming well, to play in your
1: current business it really is to help create because if you it didn't have that these conflict courses like how would you even manage what's going on well like some by default people,
2: right you just let it go pretend it doesn't exist right. or you go in and you handle it too hard that you've not right. heard people right so what i've learned in the past so let's back up 10 years ago let's say something happened and i'd run downstairs and say why did you do that and they'd say well i didn't do it i don't know anything about it where my question should have been, do you know anything about this? Ah, right so yes, it's no. about the positioning of the question and how I went at it so I really had to look step back and ask a different question I'm, I'm not an expert yes, at it no. now but I, I'm working hard and yes. I'm you're very, practicing I'm, I'm practicing that language and it's it's no different than with the spouse why did you do this yes. well maybe it wasn't them maybe it was the yes. kids right yes. but now you've attacked them yes. they're on the defense yes. and then you're then you go back and forth and now you're dealing with something that you really didn't have to deal with if you just asked the question differently right Yeah. And and
0: because that's what you're really doing is coaching them through that, right? Right. Because you're so right when one of the things I've learned is that when you um, ask a why question, people go on the defensive versus what do you know about it? Absolutely. What can we do about it? What what are the other pieces of information I'm missing? Right.
2: Right. And another great question is I really need your help. And I find that oh, people's defenses, I really, need your help. I really need your help, or I could really use your help on this, or I really have a problem and I'm hoping you can help me.
0: Yes.
2: And, and so that kind of deescalates right away, especially if you're in a little bit of a conflict, but you need some help to get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of throw and it puts people's defensives down a little bit. Yes. Right. And yeah. right now, uh, I would like to learn about the personality profiling and I think that there's a place for it in our industry period but more so with our own team at work Mm. and it really is because we are we have internal and external clients so we have the people we work with cross-functionally so whether it's the back of the house in the kitchen Or whether it's, you know, the fellow that's doing dishes, who is a key role in our business, right? Without him, everything stops, right? (laughs) And then our front of the house staff, and then the clients that they deal with, that they're seating and serving all night. So identifying those personalities at the table and go, oh, that's why you did that. Oh, now I understand how I can interact with you kind of thing, right? And it just gives us a leg up and and creates a whole lot of self-awareness about ourselves and about the people that Mm. we're serving. And that makes us better at what we do. And right. that
1: goes that. back to the program that we mentioned in one of our other uh, podcasts, the Gallup go put your strengths to work mm-hmm. and that really is it's about building strong teams so what you do is you you go, you know you go online and every you can do teams so you go in and you fill out the profiles right. and what it shows is your top five strengths right. and then where you fit in a team and then you can see where your holes are in your team right right so right. where so where's everybody's mm-hmm. strengths and right. where's and so and because it, it is all about strengths you're putting everybody where they're strong right and that's and
2: it's about identifying that right now I'm working I just received a call from a gentleman who's um, he owns five restaurants here in New Brunswick and he's working with somebody to bring in that uh, the disc profiling and I'm going to be I'm lucky enough that he asked me to sit in on the conversation with the lady who actually delivers it the class that I sat in on last last week And, um, it's about bringing it here. He goes, because we want to, before we hire people, we want to give them that questionnaire to find out where, where they fit in the team. Are they a driver type person? Are they passive? Who are they and what are they? Right? Because you don't, in certain roles, you don't want that driver person greeting your customers. You know, so if that customer has to come in and make decisions and make menus and it's, you know, let's say it's a to go place or something. It's like, oh, I don't know. Give me this. Oh, no, no. uh, take the ketchup off, but I'll have pickles. No, forget the pickles. I'll just have that. My personality would be like, come on, buddy, make a decision. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Right. So you can't Get have right. that person
2: at the front. Because <laughs> <they're right>? <laughs> their, their eyes. <laughs> and well, their, their <laughs> energy right. is meeting.
1: Right. It's all about energy. Right. And
2: so that would be um, a little bit more difficult. So, And the more that employers learn about the staff that they're hiring, I think the more successful
1: the employer is going to be before, before they even get in, because once you've invested in an employee, I mean, that's, there's a great expense. Absolutely. And you want to make sure you've got them on the right seat on the box. Absolutely.
2: And there's also the expense on the other side, if they end up leaving you or you let them go, it's all that posting the ad, shortlisting, taking your time time. to interview and then re-onboard them. So even though an employee gives you two weeks notice, it's going to take you a month to find and ramp somebody up minimum.
0: And this is the leadership principle that when you know people better, you can lead them better. Right. So whether it's your customers at your table or people on your team, as as you had said, you know, if you someone is interested in motorcycles and you ride a motorcycle, you're making that connection. Absolutely. That people respond to you differently. Right. And uh, you know how to go. you know that oh they're going to get triggered if they get the indecisive.
2: Oh, absolutely, and a lot of and time, putting them in the right place. Absolutely, and that's so important for yes. any any business, and knowing your triggers too. Sometimes what I've learned in the conflict resolution training, some of those triggers is because that person reminds you of you or maybe (laughs) your parent or something close to you and it's a trigger for you that you didn't even know was a trigger. That person really hasn't done anything wrong. It's you. Yeah. Right. They just showed up with something that
1: you weren't looking at, that you're not ready to address about yourself. Right. And they're like, hi, here uh, here I am the mirror. Yes. And and if you have the right person in the
0: wrong position, it feels like the wrong person. Right. Right. And so you might
2: be tossing people out that... Are just misplaced yes and we just had that I think about a year and a half ago a year ago we moved somebody from one role in our company to another role and I was trying to put a round peg in a square hole (laughs) and then finally when I took that person and um, put them in the right the round hole instead of the square uh, (laughs) worked much better they flourished they were on fire and I'm like oh my goodness it was just it was such an eye-opener for me right and even through now, we're doing better onboarding and training. We hired a consulting firm, and now we um, we have our onboarding playbook and stuff and things that we're dealing with. Um, just writing the conflict resolution piece for it right now. But um, taking that time, I find in all the companies I've worked for, when staff are failing, it's because they haven't been trained properly. Mm. And it's right. because companies are so quick. I mean, it's a great
1: I, message for people listening. In it really is. Roles. Take
2: yes. the time and sit with them, even if it's for an hour two hours, and go over everything that's important to you. So mm-hmm. I know that my staff will say to somebody, oh, don't do that. We know Liz doesn't like that. Or Liz wouldn't do it that way. No, you can't do it that way, right? Oh, no, it's got to be done this way. And it's because over time, I've just, those are the expectations because I will, if you're carrying plates and you've got it looking like this, like we work at a tavern or a diner, oh. I'll follow you right into the kitchen. I'm like, <laughs> we don't work at a tavern. And, and they're like, yes, okay. And, but I've already, we've already said that, but you thought you could just get away with it this one time. No, you can't. No, right. it's not, it's so not you hold them accountable to your total, leadership Total style. accountability, right? right? Yeah. So that when they see somebody else doing, it's like running your fingers down a chalkboard. It's yeah. like, oh, don't let this. And, and I that, think. Right? So
0: important for leaders is that what the leader talks about and believes in is what the other people will embody, absolutely. but only when the leader actually addresses it and can have those hard conversations absolutely, in a
1: firm yet loving way. Yes. Right. So you're not shaming them. You're not calling them out. You're just reminding them. Yes. That I had one staff member that I
2: sent out this, you know, you know, when you're younger and, and you know, your mom or dad or whatever, they yell at you and your friends, but they're really yelling at your friend, but they can't yell at your friend because they, they don't they don't have the right tail of their friend. So sometimes I use that as a tactic in our business and I'll send out an email and I'll uh, yell at them all, but not yell at them, but you know I'll yeah. say... Remind them, little gentle little reminders. Little, right.
0: and but Bob,
2: pay attention. Exactly. And so they know, the person knows who it is, but then I had one of the employees come to me and said, I don't appreciate that. Absolutely. I, it didn't oh, work for me. Yeah. I don't like that style.
1: Because it made them feel bad when they read it. Right? and Because right. it wasn't their problem. But,
2: or maybe it was, but I <laughs> should maybe. have handled it differently. And so I listened to what they had to say, oh. and I, I apologized to them, and I said that's not a problem in the future if I have something to say that's specific for you I will pull you aside and we'll have that conversation and we'll work through it and ever since then that person's on fire our interaction together is great and it's just
1: honesty 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 and trust right and so
2: if you're coming to be honest I'm not going to fire you you're not going to get let go you're not going to get demoted you're not going to get less shifts or but that's where
1: some triggers might happen right? right so positions people in positions of authority right. right sometimes i'll go there somebody will say something and i'm like what did i do wrong right because yeah. it just triggers something in me yeah. from i don't know grade three when i got in trouble yeah, yeah. right and but, that's but that's your stuff that's right? my stuff yeah. not the not the yeah. owner stuff yeah. yeah
2: and we try to also when we're dealing with whether it's conflict or whether it's a a situation at work where the customer's not happy or something, the the staff will come over and say, whatever the situation
1: is, and I'll say, how would you handle it? Mm. Because they're the ones that know the customers. Right. So you're giving, oh, yeah. But you're coaching them through it because they're
2: going to be the front line. And if they take too long, I'll say, this is how I would handle it. But keep that in mind for next time. But the punishment is always going to fit the crime. So, you know, because the person didn't like the broccoli on their plate, we're not going to give them the meal for nothing right right so everything has to be in balance right so if it's and offering dessert because you didn't like your meal is not the way to go right I didn't want dessert maybe I wasn't gonna have dessert I didn't like my meal so how are we gonna solve it right so we we can only do our best and learn from it and there's times when we've done some resolution on things where I walked away and went "Uh, wasn't right I should have done it better or Mm -hmm. I should have done it differently so I'm always learning that way as well and Mm -hmm. I know as business partners Michelle and Gordon I when we sit down and sometimes There's conflict or there's something going on. We'll talk about it. We may have different opinions of it um, and we may Mm. want to handle it differently, but we always come to, okay, this is the way we're going to handle it and deal with it. And then we come to some. And you all stand behind the
1: decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Together. Absolutely. And
2: even if it's not the best one at this time, we're armed for the next one. Right. Right. To make us better Mm. as leaders. But we had to learn. We one, it's one step at a time, yeah. right? Oh it really gosh. is, and one. it's
0: it's the journey. It's you're you're not getting it right. Yeah. you're just making it better, and, and you're learning. And, Absolutely. And if there's anything I've learned about a leader's journey, is that you can't go around it. You got to go through it, and uh, and that's how you learn. That's
2: how that's yeah. how we learn. And I can only hope that you know, in our industry, in the hospitality industry, we probably have fifty percent of those staff that'll stay that are lifers. Which is fantastic, mm. and then we have those that are moving on, which we're happy for as well. So we have two girls that are leaving um, to go for their second year at uh, for engineering, and one is actually moving to Fredericton. I said, "Well, what are you going to be doing there?" Well, I don't know. I haven't applied for a job yet. So there's a great, there's a, what I find is one of the, a good restaurant in Fredericton. So I picked up the phone and I called them. Normally I wouldn't do that. I would wait for the call for the reference, but because this employee is well trained. They're really good at their job. We thoroughly enjoyed having them. We're gonna miss them. Um, I called, and the gentleman that answered said, "Well, no, we're not really hiring right now, but I'll give you the hiring manager's email." Mm-hmm. So I wrote that manager just little paragraph. I have this dynamite employee, be really good fit, well trained, and I, you know, all those keywords that I shared with her. Um, she wrote back right away. Yes, I'll interview her mm. and so she had an interview last Thursday So I don't know how it went. I haven't <laughs> caught up with her yet She's at school in Fredericton, but I just thought it was a great fit and and uh, I did it because I wanted to do it for her because mm, it was just it was really mm. I felt that her skill set and everything else that she had belonged mm. at a a good place for
1: her to keep going but that also speaks to um elizabeth who you are as a person right so you see restaurants i mean you know you're out and about and you know that that restaurant is good Mm -hmm. and you want them to have to to have success yes yes and so you're handing them a gift like how amazing is that Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. we've done that a couple times with some employees yeah where they're moving on and made the phone yeah. call and just, you know, said, they're good people and they, good people. they could be yeah. a valuable asset to yeah. another organization. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's all.
1: And that's part of that sort of the, you know, as Dana talks about the leadership, right? So goodwill, like you don't have to do that, but you are looking out for people in your industry so that you can elevate the entire industry.
2: Absolutely. And it's, you know, I'd love to go out and, and do, you know, some training in our industry and, and work with, with um, other leaders mm. in it just to, just to raise the bar. And um, there's, some, there's some great places here in St. John. And we, we see and hear about it all the time when we have travelers that are coming in with different area, uh, phone area codes. And i'm like how did you hear about us and they say well we just know st john is on the map now and they have some great restaurant scene and all the mom-and-pop shops and stuff like this we're very unique in our way when you compare it to munton Fredericton has a lot of mom-and-pop shops too but we seem to have captured the food scene here which is Really good because when I was a terrific. kid, we just drove by St. John. Yeah, that stinks. <laughs> and off you went, right? <laughs> the big smoke. It was oh, known it, it as, was, right? Yeah, But it's different now. It yeah, is. It, it is. a much more
0: vibrant uptown, and, and it really and is. the food scene is terrific. Yeah. And uh, tell us about your restaurants for people who might be listening, going, "Where do I want to eat next?"
2: <laughs> well, we're one of uh, many great restaurants in, in Italian St. by night. So we have Italian by night and uh, the Urban Deli. So mm-hmm. the Urban Deli is basically real simple, and it falls from that. Dream in Montreal of being at Schwartz's it's not quite the same setup but everything you know is from scratch so we you know we have a smoker on site so some stuff gets smoked some stuff gets baked and steamed and whatever whether it's ham beef or chicken and um, so we make great sandwiches salads some pastas you do yes <laughs> thank you and we do a lot of catering for lunches uh, which is f- super fantastic and then we did our incubator kitchen or of the Italian by night so there was a gap in the market identified a gap in the market And um, then we end up testing it at uh, the Urban Deli Mm because we couldn't afford to go buy a new building or to start like up a new Wednesday restaurant. nights or something or Wednesday, w- Thursday, yeah. Friday. So we did it for three nights a week. Uh, we, we launched it in 2012. Um, so Michelle Hooten wow, was involved. Um, she was the, um, she was on contract to develop all the recipes and stuff. And she just did, she blew it out of the park, right? It was amazing. And then Gord, who's my business partner now. And so, um, Michelle worked with us for a year and a half and then she came back on contract every time we wanted to do a menu. And then finally, after five years, uh, we had added Saturday nights onto it and we were kind of exploding at the seams we really couldn't squeeze there were it out. no more <laughs>
1: reservations to take we couldn't do it anymore
2: <laughs> unless we extended our hours and stuff and so um, the opportunity came I was driving to work one day and don't normally listen to anything coming into work and I was listening to CBC and they had said that the Buston's Fine Furniture store that they were closing earlier than anticipated and I used to just look at that spot and go what a beautiful location and I called Keith immediately Keith Brito from Historica and said could we talk and he said sure and um the, the rest is history. The rest is history,
0: right? <laughs> and it's a beautiful space with the exposed beams and the lighting. It's, it's gorgeous. And the corner it's windows, lovely. like you walk oh. by
1: and there's people eating in a restaurant. It's you know like what it's round favorite.
0: tables. Yes. yes,
2: you have some round tables. I love round tables.
1: I what know. a
0: great conversational. Yeah. Yes, it pieces. is. Yeah. They're great. And yeah.
2: so everything is about. Um, everybody being able to enjoy the space mm. and many times like on a during the week you'll see because it's we have a small community right so people will get up they'll grab their glass of wine they'll walk over to another table they'll yes. chat yes. this person's over there as a that's server, why I love going everybody, everybody is, is chatting and it's open space and you're trying to deliver the food but that person's over there chatting with somebody and, you're and like,
0: because it's open you're, you can wave yes you're giving
2: them a head nod okay your food's ready and the whatever. food's fantastic yes it's it is. so good yeah, and, and I,
0: all, here's how I always know my them will be sitting across from me he goes you're humming again and every time this food is good anywhere i go you're I are food oh. noises like, i love
1: that no. and i don't even realize he goes you're humming he goes you don't even know you're doing it oh I'm like, my gosh no there's oh. probably a lot of food noises if you had like little microphones under all the tables, the tables you yeah. would hear the food noises yeah, yeah, yeah. so delicious it was
2: our, i think our biggest challenge was just um scaling up to the space yeah. Uh because big. you know, we weren't used to walking the distance of the restaurant. I mean it's four thousand square feet compared to yes. fifteen hundred square yes. feet, including the bathroom and kitchen, right? So <laughs> this is a little bit different space. I think we all lost ten pounds the first month just running back and forth, right? But we, and we had to get into a system. So one of the things that we used to do, we used to stand at a table and cattle call who's got the spaghetti, who's got this, yeah. and it just sounded horrible for us, and we got together as partners and we said, This has got to go. And thank so, you, thank you for so that. So we <laughs> had to train ourselves and it's and it's hard because you're you're trying to mock or go out and and gain experience and because we're not a big city with a population of a million people we can't go out and check out some of the great restaurants that are in a populated city of a million people or four million people to see how they're doing it right so we're kind of making it up and we're taking the best practices from local restaurants yes. that we see and applying them within so we thank those local restaurants yeah. for having those little <laughs> snippets for yes. us right but you know everybody's doing a good job in st john and and you just know how hard if it's a mom-and-pop shop you know how darn hard they're working right And you know, you think of the Ale House or Tondy's and uh, lemongrass. like there's so many, Billy, like all those places, right, are working really hard. And one day somebody asked me, why do you think those businesses are successful versus the the Mm franchises? Well, the franchises do well, but it's because the mom and pop are there. They're Mm -hmm. on site, right? The owners are in-house, they're not franchises. Right, and they're taking care of business, right? Right, and and
0: to your point earlier, is when it's yourself, your own money in your own pocket, you take care of those things. Absolutely,
2: yeah. And um, everybody wins at the everybody end of the day, wins. right? So. Well, and
1: our city wins. I mean, when you look at St. John, New Brunswick, as you said, it's on the map. So so there are things for people to come here for. And I think that um, James Mullinger shared on one of his Facebook posts recently, um, he was away somewhere and somebody said, you know, where where is this? And James said, it's a 15 hour drive from Toronto or a two and a half hour flight. <laughs> so he gave them the exact, here's how you get here.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Nice. And I thought that is it. Like if you're going away, and he said that if you want to go away for a weekend, come come to New come to Saint John. Absolutely, you can have a fantastic weekend instead of flying down to New York or wherever. Absolutely, like come to Saint John. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. there is this the the bar scene, the restaurant scene. All the tourism things that we have, like there's the so people. much people. The friendliest, Absolutely. oh, no my, oh! Yeah. When you walk in your restaurant, it's like it's like you are on cheers. Hey, <laughs> yeah, a great bar in there too. By yes. the way, oh
2: yes, we love the bar area too, and our and bartenders are oh, great. They engaged. are, yeah. yeah, they're very engaging. Yeah. Great drinks, yeah. and
0: I, I like going in there just to sit at the bar in the evening. My husband and I might go out just to have a drink, if we don't go to have dinner yep. just to sit at the bar. Just the vibe. Oh, it's great, and that's what we we yeah. love
1: about it is there is a vibe. It's like. Everybody goes there. I
2: love our bar for um, pizza and a glass of wine.
1: Yeah. yeah right? Just to sit but, there. But that is, it, it's so but good. it's not by accident. That is deliberate. It's intentional. It's the energy that you're bringing, the other owners are bringing in your staff. And it's because you have given yourself the gift, right? To take it back, the gift of developing you mm-hmm. so that you can see the best in others. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, you're, well, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you speak the truth, soul sister. We are, yeah. <laughs> Right? And I, and I think that as, you know, the people that are listening, like there's, so my big takeaway, right? I'm always learning. And that's what I love about you mm-hmm. is, is that, how, you know, what is, what is Elizabeth doing that, that, that I can make some tweaks in my life, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yep. So what has been your, of all your personal development journey, what has been the, the biggest piece of advice or thing that you've learned you think that's had the greatest impact on you? I know you've learned a lot, and there's probably hard to narrow it to one, but is there one theme or philosophy
2: that really impacts you? Uh, I think that's a good question. That's a really good question. Well, one of the things for me is um, don't accept No right um challenge yourself right and just when you think that you can't do it you probably can do it Mm -hmm. um and it's you know a lot of times it's the fear of success it's not the fear of failure because I know what failure is all about right and I continue to you know have some failures and things that don't quite work out the way I envision them but it really is about the success and not to be afraid of that success well we'll
0: speak to that because I think People may listen to that and go, well, what what could you possibly fear about success? There seems to be all an upside.
2: It's the work that's involved with it because okay. it is a lot of work to be successful, right? And for people to perceive you as successful. I um, and I say, if you're gonna do it, just do it, have a plan and do it and and also, I'm a firm believer if you're gonna start something new, to go out and reach out to your to the people you know and the people you don't know because the people you don't know are really going to be truly honest honest with you Mm. your family may say don't do it uh don't listen to them go out and and do your research and make sure that you um that you have all your ducks in order and really think it out i hired a business coach um probably 11 years ago and she and i worked i don't know three to six months i think closer to six months and every week we had a call she wasn't from here and we chatted and there was accountability just keep you on track right Mm -hmm. and so what I thought I wanted you know I did my life balance wheel about what do I have Mm -hmm. time for in life and so relationship was zero uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, community volunteer work, health and wellness, spiritual and stuff like this. So I filled out this life balance wheel and then fast forward. So what, what I thought I wanted, and when we narrowed it down to the three things to focus on, not everything that I thought I wanted is what I wanted. So when you peel back, when you really, when you in, really zone in, it really forced to separate the right. things that mattered. Right. Cause what I was saying wasn't what I was feeling. Mm. Like what I really meant. You were right. saying,
1: because this is what you thought you needed to right. say, but right. really inside of you. Right. And so uh, I,
2: I, we worked through that and then I just could stay focused on those three things and, because I am a squirrel at times, right? So you've Cheyenne, got your compass point. Right. Yeah. And I, everything goes up to this. So an example of that would be when we first opened the deli, um, somebody else would open up a new restaurant. I'm like, oh, maybe we need to put Thai food on our menu. Oh, maybe we need to put seafood on our menu. Oh, maybe. And then I had to give myself permission to say, we're just a deli. Mm -hmm. that's all we are Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like your project management statement you just keep going back to that statement and saying we're a deli we're a deli we're a deli (laughs) deli. right
1: (laughs) a mantra we're a deli (laughs) and that's what we are so that helps be the best deli that you can be right
2: so stay focused on that and don't try to chase what everybody else is doing because that's not who you are and what you're all about and that's not why you designed it in the first place So, um, having that vision and putting that as your number one on your cork board or your chalkboard or your whiteboard, whatever it is. And have it there. So do you have it somewhere
1: where you can see it?
2: Well, I just have said it so long and after chasing (laughs) it, it, it's embedded, right? And, um, so I just try to stay true, really try to stay true to that. So then a year later I did my life balance wheel again. This was before the deli had opened. I did the first one. So I did the next one and I covered in probably a quarter of an inch for a relationship. And then that's when I met my husband and, you know, all things changed at that point, right? The wheel shifted. The The wheel wheel shifted. shifted. But it's because what you put out to the universe it comes back to you. You have to make space for it. You don't have you? to make space. And sometimes it comes back faster. If I say, if I was to say something negative, honest to god, I will bang my toe instantly. It comes back to me faster than anything else. I don't know if anybody else has that, but
0: Well, it's so funny cuz we had Stephen Joyce on the uh, podcast oh uh, a few episodes ago and he was talking about that, you know, why is it that it comes out in the form of, "Hey, you're fired." <laughs> it comes really quickly. <laughs> But those yes. good manifestations yep. tug along because you got yeah. that little bit of doubt in <laughs>
1: yeah. between, right? right? Just allow, so it's, it's, it's surrender. So
2: oh my gosh, it's so funny. So I mean, those th- everything happens. I I'm s- such a believer that things happen for a right. reason. And and a good example, I think, a happy <laughs> example, if if we're coming to an end, is uh, one day when I was in Calgary, I'd taken the the day off work and I picked up my dear friend who was living in Calgary as well, the fellow that I told you about that I, when I called him, I had a hundred dollars for the bus ticket going to Toronto. And I said, I'm coming to live with you. you Well, he lives in Calgary now and he's still there and he's a dear family friend of ours. And I said, Hey, I'm taking the day off work. And he goes, great. Let's go shoot some pool or do whatever. So I went and I picked him up and then, part way to work a part way to go play pool he says oh I forgot my check at work can we go back so we go back and then we go and we play pool and we have a hamburger and stuff right and we're driving home and he's coming to spend the weekend at my place and uh, so we stop at the liquor store and I buy a bottle of wine I think I'm gonna have spritzers and um, so anyhow he um, I said which store do you want to go to this one or this one so he picked the store so we go in the store and I get a bottle of club soda big bottle and I give the guy my debit card and he looks at me like lady don't you have two dollars (laughs) and fifty cents like really you're giving me the debit card so I said well just give me five of those tickets right five of those scratch tickets so he picked them out so we go back home and an hour and a half later I'm scratching one I won two dollars like woohoo right and then the third one I end up scratching all these vehicles were pointed in the right direction I'm like I'm like, Greg, I think I, I think I won some money like this, right? And he looks at me, and he goes, hey, Betts, right? But he called me Betty Betts from back in the day. And uh, so we go back down to the store, and the guy says, well, I can't tell you how much it is, or I knew how much it was. It was $25,000 or a new vehicle. I, oh, my god! And gosh. so I take the ticket, and I sign the name, and I hide the ticket. And for me, nothing is... Real until it's real, it's real. until it's yeah. ready in front of you. And it's real. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I called my banker in Edmonton and I made arrangements to go meet, meet her. And, um, so my dog and I, t- I took a day off work. I didn't tell any of my staff and we go up to the lottery office in Edmonton and they take your picture and they ask you your story, how you got the ticket and they give you a mug and all this stuff. And I'm like, just give me my freaking check. Right. <laughs> and so I take the 25,000 I go to my bank and I go here, pay every debt I own so I still had some school loan stuff I had my credit cards so I think it was like seventeen thousand dollars I said to the friend that was with me when I bought the ticket I said I'll give you a thousand dollars or I'll give you my car and I'll get a new car and he goes I'll take the thousand dollars I'm like what kind of a man doesn't have a car for God's <laughs> sakes right so I gave him a thousand dollars and then I had a big party with all my girlfriends who all came and we rented a limo and we went out and I had fun and so you know everything was for a reason because that day everything built up to timing of everything and so I believe in time. I and mean, I believe in circumstances, and I believe in people's past crossing, and the yes. reason you took the day off work, and you don't know it at the time. Yes, like, so all those. Things, don't you find that fascinating? It as drives you get me older? Because so oh.
0: before I would dismiss those, but as I get older, I'm I more. Me, I'm filling. I'm up I know attuned this. to yes. that. Yes, and yes. I've often heard the statement that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yes, right. And and when people show up, or they keep showing up, I'm like, I'm not sure yet, but we're supposed to. Uh, yes, we're I don't supposed, know we're what it to means. Have some sort of a and Maybe thing. it's just, yes. uh,
2: maybe it's a piece of wisdom. Yes. I don't know. Whatever but. it is, there's a reason. And maybe it's not that person. Maybe it's their cousin that yes. you're going to be meeting. Who knows? You. Or you end up
1: at the different convenience store that you were going to be at buying... Right. And don't love. you love every piece of it yes. when you,
2: when you, when it happens? Because yes. it's so gave, magical. It, you know, it created an opportunity <laughs> for me where I was at a dead and I could breathe and it was yes. just, you know, all this stuff and I could, you know, share it with other people, which was, you know, the fun part of it, right? Yes. For all of us. Cause I think there was like
1: 17 of us or something, right? Oh, so we ended wow. up having a blast. But... So it's like the whole team won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. We shared, we shared in it in the success of it and it was yeah. really fun. And then of course the worst part of it, all my friends are out there buying scratch tickets for <laughs>
1: But, but there wasn't any yeah. thought of it. Like you didn't go into buying those tickets no. thinking I'm going to win. You're like buying them because you're trying to debit enough to make it worth your. So while. the guy doesn't look at me like I don't. Like, like a I do like right? right? Yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. So, so that. So you. So there was no expectation. No, yeah. not not one.
2: Yeah. Not one, and it ended up turning out to be pretty good. And and uh, you know it's funny because my friend who I saw, I, I flew out to Edmonton last year. And, uh, he ended up driving from Calgary to join us for a night and, uh, he still talks about that story. Well, it's a great right? story. So right. It's, right. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been fun. Thank this you. This has been yeah. super, and, and we could probably talk for a whole other hour, yes. but so if people want to find you, how would they, how would they find you? Because you have so much wisdom. Um, I think there may be some restaurateurs out there who are thinking, I think I need, you know, maybe a little bit of your coaching. I don't know what it is.
2: I am more than happy to help I just recently um, chatted with a girl in Ontario who was having some problems with her business and so I did a lot of research on her business and her community and I was able when we get on the phone together to ask her some questions and I think um, she's just now pointed in the, the right direction. It's like, why are you doing this when this is whatever? And it's so right in front of she you, had yeah. all the answers. She just wasn't implementing. So you, right. so you were coaching executing. her. I was coaching her. Yeah. So, um, I have no problem sharing information with somebody, sitting down, talk to them, talk over the phone. Find or you on me. LinkedIn or, uh, you I'm know, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, it could just do Liz yeah. at Italianbynight.com. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Call, mm-hmm. phone, email, whatever. I'll, I'll And visit I'll, Italian
0: by night. She'll come visit, visit you oh, at your table. Absolutely. <laughs> tell f- them, you're a, so, so, so tell over them you're a soul sister <laughs> listener. And yeah. Just,
1: yeah, exactly. Mention that you've heard on Soul Sister Conversations. Absolutely. That would be even yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 better. To good. create the connection. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
2: But I'm more, than, and it's not just in our restaurant business. It could be something else. HR.
1: It's yeah. it's HR. It's building strong teams. It like really you Where so you have some conflict.
2: You know, I'm trying to gain some experience in conflict resolution so i have to practice i have to do some practice practice (laughs) your your (laughs) line might be
0: clogged after the show
2: (laughs) you know sometimes there's some companies or even neighbors who don't agree on a fence or something right oh yeah Yeah. it starts everywhere right i think you're going to be
1: busy (laughs) 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 if you aren't already busy enough (laughs) well thank you thank you, you Elizabeth. i'm dana lloyd and i'm elaine shannon you've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at danaloydleadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at elaneshannon.com. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast and join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.